episode of We Only Look Thin. I am Katherine Weigel. And I am Donald Weigel. And there is nothing about this episode that is special. I just wanted to say it like this because it sounds special. It's just a regular episode, Yay, everybody. Psych. <laughs> Sorry to uh, to fool you like that. I um, it's a little bait and switch. It is. There's no calories in baiting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do think so. Do you burn so. calories or eat calories? I think you do burn calories when you bait and switch. Excellent. So we're going to start out today uh, with uh, going back in time to a time when we talked about footed Americans. We did. We had a uh, an episode uh, all about steps and getting them, and we uh, we mentioned footed Americans, and it turns out that we offended a large swath of our listenership. It turns out that people have feet all around the world. What? Around the world. They're just like you and me? Just like you and me. Let's let's for a moment take you to the fine country of Norway, where Inger tells us that she has feet. No. She does. Norwegians and have feet? Norwegians have feet. And then let's let's hop over to Scotland, shall we? Because Sharon has feet in Scotland. What? And uses them to walk with her feet. That is crazy. I've seen, like, bagpipes and heard about haggis, but never feet. <laughs> now we're going to go over to Taiwan, where Charlotte tells us she has feet. And then we're going to hop, skip, and jump without a passport over to Australia. No. People in Australia have no. feet. No. No. Down under? Down under. Carrie has feet in Australia, as does Mari. So if you have feet and you're in a country... That is not the U.S. of America, A. Tell us about it. Do you have feet? What do you use them for? Have you walked with them? Yeah, so instead of calling people footed Americans from now on, I, I think we should refer to them as footed earthlings. I think that is lovely. And that is no disrespect to your Alpha Centaurians, <laughs> your, your Beetle Geezes. Beetle, your... your Beetle Geezes, yes. We, <laughs> we've just gotten an email from Beetle, beetle Juice, Beetle Geese. Was it, is it Beetle Juice or Beetle Geese? Well, it's Beetle Juice in the movie Beetle Juice, but I think it's Beetle Geese or something, and I don't know, we're getting way off anyway, topic at this nerd. point. Anyway, nerd. Nerd. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, so if you have feet, and you have used them in other countries, if you have... S- have seen other feet in other country. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Speaking of stepping, um, I would like to admit something. I'd like to let everyone behind the curtain. During our steps episode, our the episode... The iron curtain, the velvet curtain. Exactly, both. We have both. We have an iron curtain in front of a velvet curtain. Um, we have... Uh, during that episode, I failed to get my hit my 250 steps an hour goal because I was sitting here recording the episode. We're doing this for you people. Yes. That's why we're not hitting our goals. We're making excuses. The irony. The irony. The irony. But, but the, the point of that is that we are imperfect. We are imperfect and inspiring. And <laughs> we, are, we have not lost over 100 pounds each by being perfect every day and you are a shining example of imperfection (laughs) (laughs) thank you i strive to be so i i like to hold myself up as an example of what not to do well and you are actually very inspiring to me and so i'm going to start by talking uh to our fine listeners about how you were inspiring to me this really yes i I like the sound of this so how was i inspiring to you well first um 
Actually, you you have been very inspiring to me because I've had uh, as as my uh, hashtag wishy washy uh, friends know. I am all over the place all the time, and I had a couple of great days this week, and then a couple of dumpster fire days this week. And you inspired me because you are working really super long hours. Um, you work in film production, and uh, you have snacks aplenty mm. at every turn. You have uh, you're auditioning caterers with cheesecakes. I don't eat snacks aplenty, but I'm like bombarded with snacks aplenty. Someone literally, this is a true story, hung a bag of rugla, not arugula, but rugla, the the delicious like cookies with nuts on them. Um, on the door of my office one morning this week. <laughs> is that like a Blair Witch thing? I, people I'm not cookies, sure. Like... And the funny thing is I'm still not entirely sure who did it, but there was a bag, so like a plastic bag of cookies hanging on my door when I walked oh into my, my office. Gosh. And, yeah. one so that's... and I, uh, I didn't eat them. He did not eat them. And uh, anyway, when I am feeling overwhelmed, you know, I work from home. I have the opportunity to make good choices and bad choices, but you, uh, working super long hours, uh, still making it happen really, uh, helped inspire me to keep going this week because you got home super, super late, uh, a few nights and you were still up with me at, uh, 4.50 going on walks in the morning. And, um, so you really inspired me because I, I was having a, a, a tough week, but, uh, hearing, you make good choices, and uh, getting moving uh, inspired me. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I, um, I definitely had some tough moments this week myself, and uh, I often thought about you and how you inspired me. I do? You do. Oh. Yeah, it's true. How? Well, I want details. <laughs> I, I am inspired all the time about how you deal with the, you know, the day-to-day stress of raising our daughter and, you know, bringing having to make food for her and watching her eat whatever she wants and like a and, d- delicious well, cheesecake and by the way not whatever she wants but yeah. um she is a very strange person cuz she okay i don't know if you've ever experienced this our daughter stops eating when she's full it's i like she, i can't even imagine food like last night there i made her uh, chicken and cheese quesadillas <laughs> she ate about half of it and i was like it's something wrong is it poison <laughs> like because i would have just eaten the whole thing yeah and i didn't yeah i was raised that you eat everything on your plate and uh and i did and it really wasn't a problem for me to eat everything on my plate so let's and talk more about how i'm inspiring to you i'm just hustling getting it done hustling <laughs> and getting it done i uh, know but it's true i mean you've you've lost over 100 pounds dealing with the day-to-day you know i'm at work a lot during a lot of this and you have to deal with the day-to-day of having you know her food in front of you and the the stress of her and and your work and everything else and you still manage to keep it together well it is you know when i started this i definitely ate in secret a lot or i would um eat her scrap food (laughs) (laughs) uh not not uh, not proud but you know, I would cut the crusts off of her sandwiches and uh, and eat them. And I'm like, what kind of trash panda am I that I'm eating? Like, n- who is eating food scraps? Like, I am a grown-ass woman, and I yeah. eat actual real food. So I had to change yeah. my... Eating other food. people's leftover food is something I've not proudly done many times. Yeah, so 
Um, so in this episode, we are actually going to take a... So I'm, I'm glad I inspired you. That's what I live to I'm do. I'm glad you inspired me, too. I think about it. Actually, uh, one final note. I listened to one of our first episodes uh, <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. And it in- us being inspiring in the past <laughs> inspired me yesterday. Oh I was like... Look at me being inspiring in we, the past. I think we, I think we've like crossed the line between like pretending that we think we're inspiring <laughs> to actually thinking we're inspiring. Well, I think I'm all over the place, and so to hear a, a version of me in the past that actually is focused and engaged um, inspired me. So I'm inspiring myself <laughs> by my own thing. Okay. All so right. Today. Let's... We are going to talk about um, actual, real, practical changes that we have made in our uh, the way we eat. Because um, two years ago, uh, eating uh, trash scraps of food was de rigueur. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa! I have no idea what that means. That it is French, and you will learn about it in a future episode. Um, But. Really, I mean, we in, in a previous episode, we talked about kind of the bigger picture lifestyle changes, emotional eating, not lying to ourselves, um, you know, and th- those are kind of amorphous. But people also ask us, what, like, what practically have you done to um, change the way you eat? So we're going to dive a little deeper into that today. So, Donald, do you, uh, or I don't know, should I, I'm, this is actually, this is live, real television people. <laughs> uh, should I start? Because I actually started before you did. Uh, sure. Okay, I'll start. That sounds good. I like it. And, and just to take you into the Wayback Machine, I was at a point um, where I didn't care. I was, well, I mean, I cared, but I, I had just given up. I was, I was just letting myself, you know, eat whatever I wanted and doing nothing and getting you know, no exercise, and I just let myself get heavier and heavier, and um, uh, Catherine, though, had uh, kind of gotten her head on straight. Yeah, so um, I started this in January of 2016, and um, I know we've talked about in the past that, um, you know, I tried lots of different plans. I tried restrictive calorie counting, um, Atkins, Weight Watchers, um, you know, shake, meal, shake situations, and by December of 2015, I was having a glass of wine every night. I was eating probably 1,500 calories of hummus and crackers every night. <laughs> and that's on top of meals. That's on top of, like, meal and secret meal and kid food scraps. And, like, I'm not really painting. I was like, no. I'm like a black hole of just garbage. <laughs> um, so when, when I started in January... Um, I decided that I just needed to count calories. That was kind of the base level uh, direction for me. I didn't know, you know, I didn't have a hard plan. I didn't say I wasn't going to eat sugar or flour or, you know, do a long-term fix. But what I did know was that counting calories in the past had helped me. So I had gotten uh, a Fitbit the previous year, which I put back on. I used my Fitbit app, which has a food tracking uh, option. And, um, my goal was to just eat in deficit of what my Fitbit said I was burning. So, uh, based on the number of steps I was getting, I was estimating a burn of a certain number of calories. And there's a function in it where it says, you know, do you want to lose weight? Do you want to maintain your weight? And it tells you, it kind of suggests how many calories you should get in a day. So all I was doing was eating, at a deficit to what it said I was burning. So if it said I was burning 2,500 calories in a day, I would try to stay 
you know, it, it, it gives you sort of like a little like green, yellow, red, you know, stop, go, moderate thing. And I honestly didn't count calories to a point. I just counted it to a deficit. So if I had a day that was 2,500 calories, I would eat 2,000 calories. So let me get this straight. You were trying to burn more calories than you were taking in. I never thought of it that way, but yes. That sounds like one weird trick. <laughs> it is one weird trick. But what I wasn't doing, I wasn't tracking macros. I wasn't, you know, overanalyzing my choices. Um, but I did just one eat at a deficit. And it's it's not a perfect science. Fitbit doesn't, you know, have, uh, you know, electrodes going into your brain knowing the exact calorie burn. Yeah, and there just, you know, there are many apps out there that, that'll do this. But our, our uh, method of choice is Fitbit. Yeah, so, um, so I just started eating at a deficit. And... I tracked all of my calories. And I will tell you, the first week was terrible. I was, uh, every time I had to track something, I mean, it was like someone put a lead vest on me. I mean, it was walking into the kitchen and actually paying attention to what I was eating and putting it in the tracker felt like murder. And uh, I just knew I had to push through that, I don't know. It's sort of like a childish anger of like, I shouldn't have to do this. <laughs> That's my voice. Yeah. I mean, like tracking and by tracking, all we mean is you write down everything you eat and you, you weigh it and you measure it and you accurately keep track of all of the food that you're putting into yourself. And, you know, there, there are times when you, you may have to be imprecise and that is okay. If you're headed in the right direction, whether you have... A scale or not a scale and you have to eyeball it um, just tracking what you're doing is important because I did not realize that I was getting 1500 calories of hummus every night I just thought it was you know it's a healthy snack yeah hummus and carrots that sounds super, super healthy. healthy so I tracked my calories I um, I had to pay attention to uh, you know my alcohol intake which I reduced um, I stopped snacking before dinner. I had to get honest about, you know, m wanting to eat scrappy food off of my daughter's leftovers. <laughs> um, you had to get in touch with your inner trash panda. Yeah. And um, the first week sucked, and it felt hard, and it felt unfair, and it felt uh, like I was the most put-upon person. But what, what was really hard was being 250 pounds and being basically turning myself into a shut-in and feeling like I was 30 years older than I was. That is hard. So I had to choose my hard, and I decided that I would just track. And I didn't know if it was going to be forever. I didn't have an aha moment where I said, boy, I'm really turning my life around. I was just clawing my way to, towards something. Um, I weighed, you know, I weighed myself the first day and then I decided to weigh myself a week later and I had dropped a couple of pounds. Um, measuring and weighing and being aware of what you're intaking. I know everybody has a different method. Not everybody uh, counts calories, which is totally fine. But using something as a benchmark, um, I think is super important. And I have, it's two years later and I have counted calories pretty much every day imperfectly but counted every day for two years yeah and and it it works and you know i think that my message at least um i don't want to speak for you is that you know you you can do this in a way that it's not unbearable but it isn't without effort 
and you have to do something. And one of the somethings that you have to do, or at least that I have to do, is to track everything. And I can't be guessing as to how many calories I'm bringing in because I will guess wrong. And I, I have found that out through a lot of trial and error. Should and, we talk about mayonnaise? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I think I have talked about mayonnaise, but mayonnaise in particular, I, at, you know, for a long time I was eyeballing it. I love mayonnaise, by the way. Um, I was eyeballing it, and then I started uh, actually measuring it into, you know, teaspoons and tablespoons, and it turns out that my eyeballs were were much larger than an actual teaspoon, yeah, or something. And you know, and. It's not about being perfect. Going from a person who was probably eating 4,000 calories a day to someone who was eating 2,000 calories a day, that's not a starvation diet. But what it is is not just bending to my every whim of just putting anything in my mouth that I wanted to. And sure, it's hard. Sure, it takes effort. Sure, it's it seems unfair when you see people around you at work, you know, eating whatever they want to eat. Who frigging cares what they are doing? You can either, like, uh, reward yourself for being the most put upon and uh, put, put out person for having to weigh and track your food. But you have to make a choice. Do you want to be morbidly obese at 40 years old? Or do you want to make sustainable lifestyle changes? All right. Anyhow, uh, we are... Um you started um, tracking and you used your Fitbit and then you lived happily ever after. No, not at all. Oh, not even a little. That's not what happened? No. What happened next? <laughs> well, um, I, I imperfectly tracked my food. Um, in the past, I'd been afraid to even go out to eat. Uh, when I was on a diet, quote unquote, I would sort of isolate myself and just hide and not want to go out, not want to go anywhere because I didn't want to ruin my perfect plan. And I knew that I had to do this imperfectly. You weren't on a plan at, the, at that no, point. No, not, not at the beginning at so all. So we would go out to breakfast and I would, you know, have eggs and bacon and just not get the hash browns. Um, you know, I, I knew that eating heavy carbs made me hungrier and more tired and more calories that I just didn't want. So I would stick to simpler foods, but I would still make going out to eat a priority. Um, I also, one huge, huge, huge thing for me, which I know isn't the case for you, you know, I would judge a place by how big the food platter was. <laughs> like Cheesecake Factory, like friends I would go out with would be like, oh, I'll have this for leftovers all week. And I'd be like... I'm going to eat the rest of it in my car in yeah. secret. Those people that complain that there's too much food at a restaurant, I don't understand. No. Like, that's never been a problem for me. No. and But I used to eat off the biggest plate that I could and fill every square inch of it. Like, it was my duty to just cover the whole thing. And I made a conscious choice, which I had heard in the past, actually from Weight Watchers, about eating off of smaller plates. And so I pretty much for the last two years have exclusively eaten off of salad plate size plates. Now, Donald does not do that, uh, mostly because he needs more area for his condiments. Yeah. Because he is no, 90% uh, most, most mustard. Food, most food is a uh, condiment delivery system, an excuse to put hot sauce or mustard or ketchup or some other sauce on it. Your soy sauces. <laughs> Your soy sauces. Anyway, so I eat off of eight to nine inch salad plates and the plate looks full. It looks, uh, you know, I, I pile the food up, I measure everything. Um, and it has really helped me 
measure how much I'm eating. You know, I, I would I would try to pass on uh, good eating habits to my daughter and then eat in secret when she wasn't looking. But I would tell her, you know, <laughs> I, ha- I have heard from, from the interwebs and other places that your stomach, when it's empty, is as big as your fist. And I, you know... If a plate wasn't four times bigger than my face, I didn't want to eat off of it before. <laughs> and I now only eat off nine-inch plates. And it has really helped me keep my portions in check. Um, counting calories has helped me keep my portions in check. We've gone on trips away for weekends where we've eaten real food. Um, I don't estimate everything perfectly. It's not really what matters. You know, two days away for a special weekend or family in town for a weekend I've been imperfect. I've estimated, okay, I probably ate 4,000 calories today. I'm still down 100 pounds. It's not about perfect every day, but it is being conscious as much as you can about what you're eating. And um, and that has been key for me. And just staying present every day, even if I have a terrible week, like this week I've had not a great week. Um, you know, I counted my calories and um, it makes me aware. It's like putting gas in your tank and breaking off the gauge. Like, you put gas in your tank and then you just hope that you'll make it. Like, <laughs> no, you have to have that gauge to see how far you can go. So um, how did you decide how many calories to eat? Because at first you were eating at a deficit to your what your Fitbit was saying. But how did you end up settling on a number? Um, it, it's interesting. I For the first 80 pounds or so, I just tried to keep at a deficit. And so every day was kind of a guess. Like, depending on how many steps I got, I would I would adjust my food to that. And that, and that became a little impractical. Um, so uh, a friend of mine, uh, Gay, uh, was interviewed on the Half Size Me show, and she talked about hitting a, gal- a, a calorie goal each day. And I was like, Hit a calorie goal each day. That's magic. <laughs> ding, 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 One ding, ding. One weird trick. And she was eating 1,800 calories a day, and that was not far off from what I was doing, but I decided to sort of keep that as my my goal. Um, but I'd already lost 80 pounds by then. So um, so now I... This is a whole other episode about maintenance, but uh, I basically lost my last 20, uh, 25 pounds um, eating at about 1800 calories a day. And that's not like suddenly the iron curtain or the velvet curtain, <laughs> the iron curtain iron next to the velvet curtain. <laughs> um, uh, it's not like I shut down my kitchen. I'm imperfect. There are many days where I go over, I still use my, um, my activity as kind of a gauge for it, but generally in the 1800 to 2000 calorie range. And that's what I've been doing for two years maintenance is a whole other issue that we can talk about but but generally speaking just eating in deficit to my fitbit and not overanalyzing it not counting every carb and every macro um keeping it kind of loose um has worked for me it's also frustrating because i think you on the other hand are much more structured so maybe we can talk about that for a few minutes i i think that you know we didn't plan it this way but i think maybe uh we should save uh we should save it for another episode Oh, we're, we're we're getting a little uh, long, long in the tooth. Long yes, in the tooth. Uh, brass in the tack. <laughs> brass in the tack. I don't think long in the tooth was actually the expression I meant to use. But uh, um, how would you recommend um, that somebody decide how many calories to eat in a day when they're starting out? Oh my gosh. Well, I know uh, having something to track your uh, activity level, I think, is huge. Because someone who is sedentary, who gets 1,200 steps a day, 
or you know does no exercise is going to burn far fewer calories than someone who is more active. Um, so for me, getting a Fitbit uh, was really a, a great investment in my um, in my plan. So yeah, I would I would totally agree, and um, I wish that you all could have seen the look on Catherine's face when I asked her that question because I surprised her with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the heck. I don't know. I don't know what to say right now. Um, So uh, I think before we go, we're going to um, wrap this episode up, and we will continue this on future episodes, getting more detailed into um, our particular exact plans and and what we do. But I think we wanted to leave you all with a pro tip uh, or a series of pro tips on how to decide when you're going out to eat what to eat and what to avoid. So um, there are people out there who are naturally slender, who make uh, helpful choices. We are, we are not those people. No. But, but here are just a few buzzwords, if you will, in, in the industry that might help guide you toward better decisions. So this isn't about being perfect, but maybe you want to consider limiting these phrases in your food choices this week. So number one, Watch out for the word jumbo. Mm. If if something is jumbo, maybe not have more than one of the jumbos. <laughs> <laughs> and, and probably not more than once every so often. Uh, when you're thinking about the word eat, also try and avoid the phrase all you can in front of it. Yeah, like nobody, like all you can eat, like that sounds like a dare. Yeah. And like, I'm all about the dares. Like, oh, all I can eat? Like, let's bring yeah. it on. I'll, I'll be there until security comes and escorts me out so, off the property. So also, um, in, in sophisticated society, I think the word corral, <laughs> when, when you're talking about like a golden corral or a, a silver... Uh, silver stables. Silver stables. Watch out for the, the dare of all you can eat. It's nothing's free. Yeah. Nothing's free. It's not. You're not getting your money's worth. Yeah, the the buffet and to bring in more uh, footed earthlings, the smorgasbord. Exactly. Our friends that's, from Sweden invented. Yeah, uh, and you know anything that says like endless, endless bowl of endless, endless or bottomless, bottomless. The, Nobody the bottomless mimosa. It's probably a bad idea. Yeah. Um, also, watch out for the the, the two bees. Your bu- <laughs> your buckets and baskets. Nothing sophisticated ever happened in a bucket or a basket. Um, uh, so just limit it. I'm not saying you can't eat out of a bucket, but maybe just consider like, um, you know, Audrey Hepburn. Did she eat out of buckets all day? <laughs> I'm I'm saying probably not. I, I, I'm imagining Audrey Hepburn never had a bucket or a basket of anything. <laughs> no, no. So. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna end there. Just watch out for those jumbo words, your corrals, your buckets and baskets. Just limit your your intake of those. Think about a smaller plate, won't you? <laughs> and uh, remember, as you are moving forward this week, that Catherine and I are an inspiration. Asian, Asian, Asian. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.